Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, this is the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast coming live and direct from the gloom tomb of Los Angeles, California. Primetime podcasting. On today's I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, we have some fantastic sick fucks of the week with me and G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty. Plus, plus, I got the Charlo twins. Do you know who the Charlo twins are? Jermel and Jamal Charlo. We talked about these guys the night that Deontay Wilder fought in Barclays. These guys were allegedly robbed. These are two boxers, kick-ass boxers, twins. Jamal is fighting this Saturday night at Barclays on the undercard, the co-headliner. Adrian Bronner is fighting. We're talking about getting robbed in New York at the 4040 Club. The Adrian Bronner Takashi 6ix9ine beef that's going on. Can you believe that shit? You got boxers beefing with rappers. What the fuck is going on? And so much more about the fight game. Jamel and Jamal Charlo, shit-talking twins. These are shit-talking twins. Like I said, Jamal is fighting this Saturday night. Showtime Boxing, Barclays Arena. Co-headlining as Adrian Broner takes on Jesse Vargas. But first, me and G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, are going to do our thing. We got some sick fucks of the week. And I got an announcement. I got to talk directly to the fans. Miles Jordan, let me get something funky. Let me get something seriously funky. See, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Let's go. All right. 
As I told you, I got to talk directly to the people. Before G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, comes on, I got to speak out. Uh, like I told you, this is going to be a shit-talking extravaganza coming up later with the Charlo Twins. If you follow boxing or not follow boxing, you got to listen to this interview. These guys are fucking nuts. Talk a lot of shit. They're ass kickers. All right? Middleweight champion, light middleweight champion. We're going to talk about the fight, talk about the Adrian Bronner Takashi 6 9 beef that's going on. They are actually beefing and betting, heading into this big night of boxing at the Barclays Arena. Speaking of big nights of boxing, I got the fucking champ. The heavyweight champ. I'm the heavyweight champ of shit talking. I have the heavyweight champ of the ring coming up soon on the I Am Rap Port Stereo podcast. Deontay Wilder. Okay, I'm talking to him in a couple of days. We're going to be dropping that soon. Um, and the next episode of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, it's done. It's hooked up. It's a fucking masterpiece. The next episode of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast is me and DJ Premier breaking down the hits. Talking about working with Jay-Z on Reasonable Doubt. Talking about working with Biggie Smalls. Talking about working with Nasty Nas. Nas on Illmatic and so much more. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. It's taken a couple of weeks, but we wanted to craft it. It's a podcast, but it's going to feel like a documentary. Now listen, we see everything here. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. We see all the emails. If you want to email me, you want to email Moody, the Dust Brothers, you can email us at I am. Rappaport Podcast. I am Rappaport Podcast at gmail.com. Questions, concerns, criticism. Yes. Yes, we want your criticism. I don't give a fuck what you say. Okay? You can critique us. You can question us. You could agree. You could disagree. And that's why I wanted to make this sort of special sort of commentary directly to the fans. I've noticed... Some people do not like some of the things that G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, has been saying. Some, things, some people don't like what I've been saying. But I'm going to tell you this. We speak from the fucking gut. All right? We speak from the gut. We don't speak to get likes. We don't speak to cause drama. We don't speak to go viral. Okay? We talk real shit from the bottom of our heart. And we are moving, evolving, growing vessels okay me and g moody and the i am rap poor stereo podcast are moving growing evolving vessels meaning our opinions our thoughts are not always going to be on the same page i don't always agree with g moody whose last name rhymes with duty this motherfucker's telling you people he's gonna dunk this motherfucker's not dunking okay i'll bet my fucking ass on that okay I don't agree with everything he thinks uh, socially, politically. He doesn't agree with me. And you guys, the fans, you don't have to agree with everything me and G. Moody say. You don't have to agree with everything I say. And you don't have to agree with what the three-time podcast co-host of the year says all the time. Okay? But just know this. When we do this show, the worldwide phenomenon that is the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, it comes from the fucking gut. There's no fact-checking. Ever. 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 We do not fact-check anything okay that's just a fact that's just a fucking fact okay so if you agree with everything great if you don't agree with everything that's fine reach out to us express your opinion okay but don't go anywhere because we ain't going anywhere the i am rap poor stereo podcast 
is here to stay. We're the best in the business, the funniest, the realest, the most evolved, and the most ferocious, okay? We're the best to ever do it. The Disco 2. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. G Moody, last name rhymes with duty, coming up next. All Buttersoft I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast t-shirts are available at districtlines.com forward slash I Am Rappaport. That is districtlines.com forward slash I Am Rappaport. Okay, all t-shirts are Buttersoft. The more you wash them, the more you dry them, the better they feel. They don't turn into little tissue paper. All right, we got the sucker shit t-shirt coming out in white. We got a beautiful design Okay, me and G. Moody, the cartoon versions. We have the Wasteland t-shirt. We have the Stickman 33 t-shirt coming. All Buttersoft I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast t-shirts are available at districtlines.com forward slash I Am Rappaport. All right. G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty. I had to speak on uh, just our behalf earlier in the episode. Um... Gave a little uh, a commentary straight to the fans. Uh, and the reason why I was giving it is because I, I, I know some people uh, agree with you, don't agree with you. Sometimes we agree on things. Sometimes we don't agree on things. But the reason why I, I wanted to uh, speak on your behalf, Mr. Moody, as I did so eloquently, uh, is because I noticed uh, you, you've been getting a little flack about some of your opinions about Kaepernick and just in general around race. And first of all, I want to say this. I respect and support the fact that you're not going to just go with the flow, that you're an individual thinker, and that, that your, your thoughts and opinions uh, have grown and evolved and will continue to grow and evolve. You know, just like, uh, just like anybody's. Like, you know, it's like people say things on Twitter, and then four years later, they change their thoughts, and then they go, well, four years ago, you said this. And oh, that's right. not the way the world works. If you're as dumb as you were four years ago, then discontinue to be dumb, dumb fuck. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, this, is a, this is a historical document. The I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, every time we pick up the golden microphones, it's an historical document. Okay, that's These right. motherfucking podcasts are Smithsonian-level podcasts. But I noticed some guy who I'm pretty sure was white... I'm pretty sure it was white. I'm not going to name his name because he's a fan, clearly a fan, was going at you, trying to tell you, a black guy, (laughs) trying to tell you, a black guy, how the system in the world is rigged against you. And I just, you you never talk about this, and I'm not glamorizing it or glorifying it because growing up in Brownsville where you grew up, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of of great things that came from it, but I just want to remind people, where you're from, because you, you never do it. But when, when I first came out there in 1982, these are a few things that actually happened, that factually actually happened. Mm-hmm. Gunshots would go off periodically throughout the day. Not every now and then. Gunshots would go off periodically throughout the day, especially in the warm weather, especially in the spring and the summer. Every yep. single time the gunshots would go off when I was around, and I just visited. I didn't live there. I would right. jump, flinch, and, like, my face would turn red. And everybody and our little crew, click, older, they would laugh at me. 
And at the time, I was like embarrassed. But when you think back to the fact that in New York City, in Brooklyn, New York, living in an environment where gunshots are going off and every single person who grew up around it has become desensitized to it. Yeah. High crime uh, neighborhood. A lot, uh, lot of bullshit going on. A lot of fucking crazy shit. And, you know, a lot of people who grow up in those conditions and shit and you just, you, you become used to certain things. And that's what it is. So... I do it again. I just need my two parents. I had a great time living living there. The, and the point that I'm bringing up is that I, I couldn't believe. I was talking to my wife about this. I couldn't believe this dude, and he's a fan, was going at G. Moody, right? Trying to explain to you what being black in America means in 2018. Yeah, and I was trying to make the point to this guy, like, yo, it ain't 1946. And he's like, the system is stacked against black people. And I'm saying, well, how did my uncles, how did my family survive in the 30s when it was far worse, when lynches were going on um, right, you know, as they were growing up in South Carolina? So it was harder then. And my whole point is, with all this shit, yo, stop acting like 2018 is 1950. It isn't. So... This is what I want to tell him. I said, yo, But, but also uh, clarify, Gerald, clarify that you're very, because this is the thing that I, I think people are missing over the last few podcasts. But by you saying that, I think people think that you're saying there's no problems. And, and, of course, and, I was about to, I was about no, to but, finish. But I, I'm just doing that too, because people like, well, you're not acknowledging. Go, go ahead. I want to tell him, this is not a perfect society. It's not a utopia. Of course, there's going to be problems. But. Don't make it seem like it's 1950. Of course there's problems. But overall, and people act like this isn't a great place to live. And, and I'm saying this is America. Yo, everybody could come up. And the people who are coming here from Cuba on rafts in the middle of the fucking Atlantic Ocean, they come here for the opportunity, right? They wouldn't come if it was the same. So I'm saying, yo, isolated incidents happen, of course. But yo, all that... Uh, I'm not a victim. I, I'm not with the victimology shit. So my, my thoughts have evolved. You know, I'm saying I've been reading uh, Thomas Sowell. Just totally changed how I viewed things. So this is what the people are hearing. And I don't, I don't understand. I'm just an independent thinking guy. I don't go with the flow, uh, analyzing shit, critical thinking. And if motherfuckers can't accept that, you should. You should be that way. And Shit. we, as uh, the championship podcasters that we are, and you, the listeners, should hold the right to continue to grow, evolve, change, um, add on, detract to your thoughts, opinions about what are going on in the world. Don't be stuck in, you know, your ways. We should, none of us should be stuck in our ways. Enough with the preachy shit. I just yeah. wanted to clarify that because I'm like, motherfucker, some people are like, oh, you talk, I'm like, Listen, not every podcast segment is going to be for everybody. Not everybody's right. going to agree with every podcast segment. But within every podcast, there will, will in fact, be something for everybody. Um, Starbucks, 
has announced since this uh, incident happened in Philadelphia where the two black men, uh, it seems to, uh, they were arrested for for not doing anything, uh, not breaking any laws. I hang out in Starbucks all the time. Most of the time I do buy something, uh, but there's people in there that are just, they think it's like a fucking public library. They don't buy shit. Right. So, you know, we all know what happened in Starbucks. But, But to me, this isn't a Starbucks issue. There's not like an ongoing historical document of people being discriminated against in Starbucks. The person, and and the issue, is the motherfucker who called the cops on the two black men. Like, I get that people want to protest and bring attention to Starbucks, but this isn't like something that's... There's thousands of Starbucks in this country, literally thousands of them. Sometimes there's one... It feels like at times there's one every other block. The person... Who should be held accountable and should be questioned is that single person that called the police on these two African-American black customers in that Starbucks. (laughs) Like, this isn't like a Starbucks issue. Uh, Yeah, exactly, man. The majority of the people that work in, in my Starbucks are all black people. I don't know who called the cops on these two dudes, but like making this like a cross cultural you know, across the country issue against Starbucks, in my opinion, is bugged out. But come May, Starbucks is closing 8,000 stores. And I have to say, listen, people protested, people were upset, and they are buckling down and they're doing their thing. They're closing 8,000 stores, um, you know, to do some uh, speaking, to do some learning, to do some improving. Uh, and, and, and I respect it. And that's but- all you can do. Something happened. People were upset, rightfully so, and and Starbucks, uh, you know, uh, is is doing something about it, and that's all you could do, and that's what protests are for to to evoke change and evoke conversation. Absolutely, but also before you go on, um, Starbucks isn't the culprit. There was a it was a prejudiced barista. That's who caused the avalanche of bad publicity for Starbucks. But Starbucks has no policy whether you could you could stay in there or you could and. And it's, it's, it's a shame that this shit, you know, this woman, whoever did it, caused this shit to happen to Starbucks. And is it, now, is look, it a woman that did it? I, I think it was a woman. But that's an isolated, prejudiced uh, incident from one person. And now Starbucks gets blanketed with racist policy and shit like that. Yo, it's one person. The person who called the cops is the culprit. I agree. And, and she should be fired. I think she's gone. But now, look what Starbucks got to do. You see what I'm saying? Hey, babe, see? you know what? Uh, hats off to Starbucks. They saw yeah. an issue. They acknowledge the issue. And, and uh, you know, hopefully everybody will live and learn. And, and, and that's what, you know, yeah, that's the, the, the freedom of speech and all that shit. Speaking of freedom of speech, uh, I'm not going to acknowledge these fucking guys. Although I will challenge them to two on two. Uh, two clowns, uh, two uh, uh, race uh, hustlers. <laughs> All they, all they write about is race. I call these guys race hustlers. Um, yeah. They're called very smart bros. They wrote a whole piece. Again, where do you think they wrote it? In the fucking root. They write like yeah. a, a, a bi-weekly piece that involves me, the gringo man dingo. Suck my dick. These two <laughs> brothers, they're, they're called very smart brothers. If you're so smart, why do you got to tell everybody? If you're so fucking smart, why are you... They wrote some piece calling, I don't trust white people in black spaces. I don't call the cops on them. I should. And they didn't mention my name, but they posted a picture of me at the big three surrounded by a bunch of people that happen to be black. Check this out. Yo, you two very smart brothers. Me and G. Moody, whose last name rhymes with duty, we challenge you to a two-on-two in basketball. 
We yeah, challenge you to two on two in basketball. And Moody, I'm telling you right now, if these fucking guys play us, I'm not letting you do the heavy lifting. Throw it to me in the fucking post. Oh, no doubt. Give me the ball in the post. I got a jump hook on the left-handed block. Open <laughs> invitation. Very smart, brothers. And anybody at the root who wants to play two on two this summer, you fucking let me and G Moody know we're taking on all comers that pop shit. We're me and you in Howard Projects, the court, in Howard Projects, the basketball court that we grew up honing our craft on. The very smart brothers, any of these race hustlers, mm -hmm. let us know we play you two on two. Okay, we're playing for Twitter accounts, these fake ass writers. <laughs> Everything. Everything is race. <laughs> yeah, well, well, let's see what you got on the block. Because I feel pretty good about my back-to-the-basket game in a two-on-two. Two. Fucking clowns. Uh, we're deep in the throes of the NBA playoffs. Uh, your San Antonio Spurs, unless they pull off uh, a, a miracle on ice, they're not going to beat Golden State as you predicted. But I'm very uh, offended by what's going on up there in Toronto and Washington. Oh. Uh, Wait, before you go on rap, I want to talk about Kawhi. Leonard, okay. I don't like how they're, they're, they're treating this guy. Yo, he's due for $200 million. He don't want to go out there and fuck his leg up and maybe hurt it and then come out and then he has to go to uh, negotiations for the 200 mil. and then what do they say? Oh, but you're hurt. <laughs> you're hurt. You got hurt. So we're not going to give you. Yo, Kawhi, get that 200. This is the first for any player. Stay on the fucking bench. And all these guys turned on you. They're supposed to be such a family. Tony Parker talking greasy in the press. Ginobili talking greasy. Huh. Fuck them. Fuck them. Get your 200 million. He might Fuck not get dudes. the 200 the way things are going. He might well, not get it. I, 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 I don't does. know. I fuck with Kawhi too. It's been sort of a, a lot of like back and forth of what, what it's going to be with his injury. But, but he'll have plenty of time to rest because the Spurs are going to lose in five games. And I fuck with the Spurs. Shout out to my man Danny Green and to my man Kyle Anderson. Jersey's in the house. Strong Island's in the house. Uh, yep. You see your man Drake? Yeah. Toronto is, is winning 2-0 uh, versus the Wizards. They're going to go on to win that series. I don't know if it, it – uh, uh, I think it'll probably go five games, if not six games. But Toronto has won the first – Two games handily. They've been in Toronto. And Drake, obviously, is a big basketball fan, although I've never seen him make a shot in real life and or a video. Um, I don't know if he ever played the game growing up. Um, but he's on the sideline talking crazy to players. Yeah? Yo, like he's, you know how Spike used to talk shit to Reggie Miller? Uh-huh. He, he's doing that like talking. He, he called uh, my man Kelly Oubre a bum. You could read his lips. He said, you bum. And I was thinking to myself, yo, if, if, if I'm a player, you're not, I don't care if you're Drake. We, you're not calling me a bum. I'm stepping to you. Like, I'm going oh. to step to you. Like, I'm not Michael Rapport. This isn't me. I'm saying, but if I'm an NBA player and this, this motherfucking dude is calling me a bum while I'm playing, you're talking shit. I'm walking over to be like, yo, you, you want to meet me in the tunnel? Like, you're not calling me a bum. What the fuck are you... It's one thing to heckle people. It's another thing to be like, you're crossing the line. Right. He's up there talking a lot of shit to John Wall, talking to all the, uh, the watch dudes. But I literally saw him sit, call Kelly Oubre a bum, and Kelly Oubre walked past him. Maybe he didn't hear him, but I I'm letting you know, Kelly Oubre, and I'm a fan. I met him at Bar PD last summer. Don't let this fucking guy talk that shit to you. You got to say, yeah. yo, you, you, you got all access passes. 
Meet me in the tunnel, Duke, and we, we can see what's <laughs> Gucci. Yo, and these guys never played ball. They don't, know what, they don't even know what the fuck they're watching. You know what I'm saying? So him on the sideline, going out or uh, uh, crossing the line, enjoy the game, man. Enjoy the fucking game. Enjoy and, the world's best athlete. And sit the enjoy fuck down, shit. Duke. You can't even make a, you can't even shoot. Like you, you, like you, you never played organized basketball yeah. by the looks of things. You don't know what's going on out there, man. Um, your girl Stormy Daniels uh, had some of the, uh, the FBI agents. They uh, put out a, a sketch of the man who allegedly, I got to be honest, I would love to see Stormy Daniels bring Donald Trump to his fucking knees. But the mm-hmm. one thing that always seemed a little sketchy, pun intended, this whole idea of some random mob guy coming up to her and threatening her and you better watch out or you're going to be stuffed in the back of a car and they released a sketch of the guy did you see the sketch nah. yeah the sketch of the guy that stormy daniels uh, you know you thought you'd see somebody that looked like tony soprano the, the the sketch that they drew it looked like mario lopez fuck david hasselhoff it, it don't look like it looked like three guys uh you know from from menudo in 1984 uh it, it don't look it looks real sketchy pun intended <laughs> right <laughs> um, go ahead. I want to tell Taylor Swift, leave classic soul music alone. She tried. She did a, uh, a what you know, copy of uh, September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, if no. you can't do it better, you leave it alone. Yeah, stop. And it was uh, it, it's less than stellar. So stop. leave that shit alone. The yeah. classic shit. Leave it alone. That's yeah. all I want to say. Le- leave that alone. You you fucking with Maurice White and them. You you can't yeah. duplicate what Maurice and then did. Yeah. Um, what else we got? So I so we got the Charlo twins. They're fighting. And you going to this fight this weekend? Oh hell yeah, I'm gonna be there. The Charlo twins. Uh, they're fighting Adrian Bronner, who you're a big fan of. Who, in my opinion, I like Adrian Bronner, except for he's never lived up to expectations. Yeah. Everybody's fighting in Brooklyn and BK. Uh, these guys are coming up on the Iron Rap. These guys talk a lot of shit. And remember, we talked about them. They uh, the night of the Deontay Wilder fight. Uh, they mm-hmm. had gotten robbed at the 4040 Club. I'm going to get to the very bottom of it. We're going to keep it real gutter and get to the bottom of whether these chicks stole 150 grand cash, jewelry, and all that from the Charlo Twins uh, uh, coming up later in the I Am Rap Poor Stereo podcast. Listen, it's primetime podcasting, okay? And what would a primetime podcast be without the award-winning sick fuck of the week segment? Let's do it. This award is earned, not given. It's called the Sick Fuck of the Week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. You fucked the dog? You what? You fucked the dog? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What? Sick fuck. The Sick Fuck of the Week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did... What? No. 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 No! Yes, that's the sick fuck of the week theme song created and crafted by G. Moody, who, last name, still and always will rhyme with duty. <laughs> um, before I get into these fantastic sick fucks, G, um, I wanted to ask you, because we are in the middle of April. Yep. Last uh, week or so, I haven't heard anything about any of your dunk contest training. Just checking in on it. I don't want to get. Okay. I don't want to get you off the rails or get you upset. I just touching no. base on you. Last we heard, 
Last we heard, you did tweak a hammy, so the floor is yours, sir. Uh, it, the hammy has healed, mm-hmm. so I, want, I, I wanted to let that heal completely. It, it has, so now what, what we're doing is getting uh, loose. So mm-hmm. playing ball, getting the body loose, getting everything to flow, and I'm, I'm going to leap up there and do what I do, B. Okay, okay, just asking. The people want right. to know, everybody's just asking. Just ask, not looking for a fight. Uh, okay, <laughs> sick fucks of the week. This one right here is, is a slow pitch right up the middle. True blue, classic, sick fuck. Um, in San Francisco, this is terrible. And it was caught on, on video in, like in, a, in, a, in a bodega or like a 7-Eleven type of place. Police uh, the other day released disturbing video of a sick fuck. A true blue sick fuck. This is terrible. Took a four-month... Cockered Spaniel puppy and was caught on videotape in a bodega slamming it on the ground. Damn. Like a fucking animal. People are still looking for this guy. San Francisco police uh, are are still looking for this guy. I hope they catch this guy and they fucking slam him on the ground. Okay, without any questions asked. Slam him on the fucking ground. Of course, the dog died. This animal, and I'm not talking about the puppy. I'm talking about the sick fuck. Word. This animal is still on the large, um, and I want to give a, a shout-out to my sick fuck whisperer on Instagram. And, and, and I got to be honest, uh, the sick fuck whisperer, we got a bunch. I, I should call it the sick fuck whisperers because I got a whole bunch of people, particularly on Instagram, sending me some outrageous sick fucks. So keep them coming. Um, if I don't name you to the sick fuck you sent, it's not personal. We do not fact-check. We are flowing uh, off the dome piece on our way home from Jones Beach. Um, <laughs> so that is sick fuck of the week number one in primetime podcasting. Right. Sick fuck of the week number two in Ohio. In Ohio, as you know, uh, LeBron James is from Ohio. He has nothing to do with this sick fuck. <laughs> I just wanted to shout out he is the king of Akron. Uh, right. Um, in Hancock County, Ohio. On South Main Street, in public, and you know it's cold out in Ohio this time of year, a man <clears throat> was discovered in public having sexual intercourse with a horse right there on 6th and South Main Street. It has been discovered that the man had previously had sex with the horse. The man was arrested and a safety plan was put in place for this horse who has now been violated numerous times. The man was arrested and is being booked on numerous charges. Can you imagine on Fifth Avenue near Central Park if somebody ran up on one of the horses and started trying to violate it right there in Manhattan? What would you do? How would you react to that? Oh, yo, I'm I'm speechless, man. I I don't know what to say. Yo, that dude dude needs to be put in jail just just for having the, the thought. Just for having the thought. You I don't be want him walking the streets. <laughs> How do I know next time it's not me he's going to go after? Yo, the horse should have kicked the shit out of him, man. Like, yo, what you doing, man? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, the horse should have kicked the shit out of him and seriously been like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like imagine those little horses that you ride around Central Park. Over there in Columbus Circle, and motherfuckers taking his taking his clothes off <laughs> in the street. Yeah. Finally, 
in Mexico. This right slow pitch right up the middle. A Mexican mother of a 12-year-old daughter was arrested. She had duct taped $24,000 worth of cocaine to her 12-year-old daughter's back and using her daughter as a cocaine mule. The mother has been arrested. The child has been taken away from the mother and is in child services right now. This happened in San Luis Port, right right southwest of Yuma, Arizona, who I know Gia Monetti. Yeah. You're familiar with this area. Did you ever try to smuggle drugs back into the country? Nah, man. I think San, San Luis Obispo, some shit like yes, that. Yes, nah. yes. Can you imagine a mother duct tapes 24 grand worth of cocaine to her 12-year-old daughter's back? Why don't you take the fall, you sick fuck you? Damn, that's just, man. Luckily, the daughter has been taken into protective custody, and this sick fuck is arrested, and you're probably not coming out of jail for a long time for that. Listen, it's the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, okay? At the end of the week, we're going to vote on this week's sickest sick fucks of the week. Keep them coming. As I told you, criticism, comments, whatever you got, reach yeah. out to us at IamRappaportPodcast at gmail.com. You know where to find me on Instagram, Snapchat, uh-huh. Facebook. You know where to find G Moody on Instagram and Twitter. Okay? Yeah, I, I engage. Yo, my policy is we could go back and forth long as it's civil discussion. You get on some bullshit. You don't get answered. But if you have any questions, we're human beings. Let's conduct ourselves like that, B. All right, coming up next, these guys are wild. Fantastic shit talkers. My man Jamal Charlo is fighting this Saturday night. I wish I could be there in Brooklyn at Barclays to see him. He's the co-headliner on the Adrian Bronner, Jesse Vargas fight. Coming up next on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, in primetime, a lot of shit talk. A lot of shit talk from the Charlo twins. These guys are, they're out, I, they, give some, they give some tips. These guys are young, good-looking boxers, champions. They're giving tips on what, what you other young stickman should be doing to protect your neck out in this world of social media when you're dealing with the ladies. Coming up next in primetime, the Charlo twins, I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. What up, man? How you guys doing? We doing good. Where where are you, you guys? Are you guys in New York? Yeah, we out here in New York right now. Um, you know, getting this cold breeze. You know, from the age, so it's, it's it's a lot warmer. So Jamal, you're fighting on Saturday. Mm-hmm. When, when one of you guys fight, do do you sort of both, Jamel? Do you feel like you're both fighting just in terms of the mental? Uh, preparation that goes into it uh, like do you guys I mean because you guys are so close you're twins you're both fighters like do you both feel like you're like you know you're going into something on Saturday yeah uh, I mean you know my brother my brother he, he fights so I'm fighting you know we both got same last name brought up together raised together so it's not it's, it's no doubt that I'm getting ready for a fight um so what do we expect Saturday so uh you're fighting this this kid uh Hugo Centeno, Jamal, uh, what do you expect from him? W- what do you think of him? Uh, you, you know, last time you guys, uh, you know, were in Barclays, you, you kicked ass. What do you think of Hugo Centeno? A uh, good fighter. I mean, 26 and 1. Uh, he doesn't oppose the things that I do. So, you know, I'm going in there to do my job. Like, um, 
I have no respect for a fighter that's standing across the ring from me. And, mm-hmm. and that's just how it is. Like, like the question you just asked, um, it, do, do my twin brother feel like he's fighting? He has to because when we growing up, we would get in trouble if we if we didn't fight together. It was no just fighting me. You fight my twin brother too. You you fighting both of us at the same time. So we always knew that. So you know what I mean. This is how it is. Excuse me if I get this wrong. One of you guys has been very outspoken of, of Adrian Broner. Now I'm I'm a fan of his, although he frustrates me. You know, as a fighter, his career, somebody with that much talent, I feel like, you know, he, he hasn't taken advantage of his talent and, and uh, you know, and his skill set. W- which one of you guys uh, has been outspoken about Bronner and feel like you're a curse to uh, uh, Adrian Bronner? Oh, that's me. You know, I'm always on the card with him, uh, Jamal. So I actually just, I, I just respond to, to the little bullshit that he, you know, he, 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 he says, but like, like you said, like, you know, at a time, at a time, I watched him and my brother uh, grow with Golden Boy Promotions, and they was always on the same car, and he was seemed to be cool. But the moment that we started shining, he wanted us to be a part of his uh, our camp, I guess. And, and if you're not a part of his camp, he like, you know, like like he forget about who he, you know, who he came up with. So it was like one of those things where it's like, you know, we reached out to him, hey, what's up? We try to keep it cordial, but then he started mentioning each other, like you know, like shoot little small slugs here and there. You know, um, this is a, this is one of those guys that you just gotta kind of watch your watch your you know watch how you handle and 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 you know who thinks the world revolve around him. So it was just natural for me to just respond to him because he called me a nobody that oh they stuck a nobody on our card. Mm. It was me, so I'm like, okay, damn, okay, so I know what time it is. So basically, I just you know sh- uh, shot my shot back at him, let him know like yeah, you know, um, it is what it is. Now, you guys, the Charlo brothers as a crew, You now, the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast, I pride myself on being the Jake LaMotta of podcasting. 15 rounds of heavy-duty shit-talking every time I pick up the mic. Now, this this Takashi 6ix9ine, Bronner hype, is this real? Is this bullshit? What do you guys make of this going into the, the fights on Barclay? I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's... Real or not, but it could be some like you know publicity, some clout. We don't know how that shit really playing out, but we seen a little the the little uh, I guess the confrontation they got into it. Uh, I think I think the six nine dude was actually commenting on Charmaine the guy because they got into it over an interview or whatnot on a Breakfast Club. But uh, Bronner Bronner still you know like I said he if you if you got like if you got clout if you got a little you know ambition. He'll say something to you because he, he know he's not gonna really do nothing. Right. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna pretend to be this big bad guy to you know the dude like the dude like five foot four like <laughs> he, he, he's a woman height you know what I mean. <laughs> so think about it, man. We're not really you're not really like I know six nine that'd be an even matchup for him and Browner. <laughs> um, but but since they since they talking about money and and all type of gang violence and all type of things like that. It kind of don't look good for Showtime, but you know it is what it is. Uh, Broner posted a, a check that his his, his, his uh, daughter wrote out for him that said three hundred thousand. Takashi uh, showed showed about three hundred thousand in cash. So I mean, the more Broner talk about the conflict between them two, they make they they both either make themselves look crazy as hell or 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 the fight just you know it builds the fight up. 
Um, so, so Jamal, uh, going into this week, walk me through. We're, we're days away from a fight. I'm a big fan uh, of boxing uh, in general. Walk me through the next two days of your training and diet up to the fight. Like, what are the next three days? Uh, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Go like how much rest? How much training? How much work do you do? Do you break a sweat? Walk me through these next three days. Yeah, basically, um, I, I try to get to the point where I'm like, I'm like feeling like spent and a little like dehydrated and things because I know my weight will fluctuate. But I had been making 154 pounds, so it was a lot more. It was a lot stricter and harder for me than it is now. So, you know. I'm 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 getting down to the point where like you know it's two days away from the fight right now. Um, my coach is telling me to like eat more protein and eat uh, you know drink a lot of water. But I'm like, bro, that's gonna make me heavy. But then I end up waking up the next day, you know, like on on weight and the things that you know the things that we do to become a to become the weigh-ins. That's really the hard part. But it's not. It hasn't been so hard for me um, to make 160 pounds. I've been getting real close to it. Then, then like the day before the weigh-ins, you you know you you cut back on your food. Then the day of the weigh-ins, that morning you don't eat and you might get a little workout and you know. And then next day, you know, you don't wait. So for me, it's not as hard as as it used to be. But you know, I'm I'm just I'm in my zone. I'm in my little mode where I don't kind of want to be. You know, I'm not really engaging with the whole like you know chemistry of everybody being hyped up about my fight, but. It's still starting to get, you know, it's starting to come to me now where I'm like, dang, you know, the fight is Saturday. It's just been so long since I fought, so I'm ready to go. Do you eat? So after you make the weight, after the weigh-in and you make the weight, how soon after that will you eat? And and do you, like, what is the meal that, like, you, you have after that? Is it, like, is it carbs? Is it protein? Is it I mean, I, I, I definitely carb up. I carb up. I get a nice little protein that gets that gets burnt real fast. So basically, I don't feel like I'm not like those other athletes where we got to go get big steaks and shit like that. You know, I like to you know uh, have a, like like a little like a, like a small serving of everything for real. Like I, I'm real. I'm a real clean eater. Um, outside of camp, that's the reason I can make weight so much better. Um, you know, um, but I carb up for sure. I hydrate up. I do all the necessary things that, that, you know, get me back to my normal feeling. Now, one thing I'm fascinated, you guys are identical twins, correct? Yeah, we are identical twins. I'm a, um, I'm a long minute older than him. So, Jamel, you fight light middleweight. Jamal, you fight middleweight. What is the weight difference between light middleweight and middleweight? Six pounds. It's a six-pound difference. And and how do you guys decide? Like, I mean, you guys are identical twins, but you're fighting at a six-pound difference. Is this a choice, or like one of you just stays a little? Like, I mean, six pounds is is nothing in in, in the big scheme of things. But where did that decision come from? Well, my brother, my brother, he won sixty. You know, he he weighed one. He he fight. He was one. We both fought at one fifty four. We was we we made titles. We won titles at 154 together, made history together at that weight. Yep. And after we made history, we decided to say, you know what, big dog, you're moving up. You're already an inch and a half taller than me. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> so go ahead and go up to 60. And so, I mean, it was almost the, the decision was to, hey, we want to also make sure fans know there is a difference between the Charlottes. And obviously it's just the, the weight. But we both got the same, basically the same power. We both knocking boys out and doing our thing, handling our business. So. You guys are students of of, of boxing and, and students of the history of boxing. I want you guys to go back and forth with me on this. 
Charlo Brothers, top five favorite fighters. Each one, give me one. Can't repeat each other. So each one of you, uh, uh, give me your top five fighters. Go back and forth. Jamal, you go first. Three, two, one, ding. Vernon Forrest. Jamel. Juan Guzman. Jamal. Diego Corrales. Edwin Valero. Floyd Mayweather. I heard of him. Jamel. Uh, Evander Holyfield. Okay. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a beast. Jamal, you're up. Bernard Hopkins. Ah. Jamel. Hold on, hold on. I got to think about this guy right here. You know, you know I like Lamachinko. He about my weight. He, he, he and I about our same age. And he, by, by far, one of the most ruthless fighters right now is Lamachinko. He beating anybody at his weight. All the little people. That, anybody he could fight, he beating them. Who, like you guys, I mean, I think it's a great debate, but it's sort of a ridiculous question because everybody fights at different weights. There's been so many different errors. If, if Jamal, you had to say the greatest fighter of all time, who would you say, Jamal? Uh, the greatest fighter of all time. It, it could just be your favorite, the guy that spoke to you the most. You know, like, I, it's a, such a tough question because it's like, you know, it's Floyd oh, Mayweather. It's so hard, man. The it's greatest. ridiculous, kind of, right? Yeah. The the greatest fighter, man, to me, honestly, uh, of of all time, to me, would be Pernell Whitaker. Okay, Jamel, you got to pick a different one. <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna pick Pernell Whitaker. Um, <laughs> you know, to me, man, it, it, he didn't get a, a long career, but I really like Edwin Valero. Like a lot okay. of people don't really know who he is, but he had a motorcycle accident, came back, you know, came back and knocked out twenty six people that he fought. <laughs> 26 no 26 knockouts and then he killed himself so yeah I thought on his undercard though and why can it be the best fighter of all time who Edwin Valero yeah yeah he, he was the best fighter of all time to me he said to me he ain't worried about I ain't worried about Panera Whitaker he got his ass whooped now Edwin <laughs> Edwin Valero didn't cause how could that be the best fighter of all fucking times and hey I asked him his personal choice yeah but that's alright yeah I ain't worried about choice. I can't believe that you guys uh, you pick your top fives and your best of all time I didn't hear one Marvin Hagler and I mean Marvin Hagler got hit too much well the, my last opponent told me he was Marvin Hagler he was the yeah. new Marvin Hagler so shit I ain't gonna mention him he got his ass um so so give me this you you guys I see you you guys are modeling Good-looking dudes, young, you talk shit, flashy, got your hair all hooked up and all that shit. <laughs> How could two young Houston players get caught up in some shit that happened at the 40-40 club? What, what happened after the Deontay Wilder fight at the 40-40 club? Did one of you guys get, like, like get something stolen? No, nah, man. It was, all right, so look. This, don't, that, shit was, that shit was all, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they made that shit more than what it is. All right, so... We ended up having a good-ass night at the Deontay Wilder uh, show, you know. Um, the shit happened with Jacob. So he said, like, basically just wanted to relax, man. He finished the night out, like, on a good a good term, you know. And um, it was one of my homies. One of my homies went in the back with, with this, this this one chick or whatever. I guess he, uh, I don't know. I don't know what their situation was. Um, but he was they like, freaking off. You could say it. You could call it what it is. They were freaking off. Yeah, yeah. You know how it go. So... So that was the same homie that didn't know what what the uh, situation was going on. So a fight broke out between like like this other party. They real drunk and they walked into our our uh, they walked into our like room at the forty forty and started like you know 
uh, disrespected some girl, so no, it was his girlfriend. The girlfriend, yo, oh, his girlfriend, yeah, his girlfriend yeah. in our section, so he yeah. went in that shit and was like, yeah, the boy, Get your ass up. so he slapped his girl. Uh, yeah, so, so let me finish telling him. So the dude, um, girlfriend, girl, so the think, girlfriend came boy, over to our section and started shooting pool. I guess we was at the pool table in the forty. I know you've been in the forty. So our bodyguards, yep. our bodyguards, hey man, watch out, y'all can't do that in here, da, 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 you know, and, and like both guarded him out. So as he coming out. I guess his, it was his birthday party, so it, a little conversation happened, like, right there in the middle of the hallway where it was some bullshit going on, and, and, and you know, when, when 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 guys start to rally and start fighting, and, and we from Houston, you know how shit start to go, women women start scattering, like, ah, like, mm. going crazy and shit, so one of the homies that was in the back freaking on the girl, he come out, and he see all this conversation going on, he, he get right into the mix of the action or whatever. But the chick and he, the her friend and one of them ran off with the bag that that he had on. They was yeah, they probably was plotting on the shit the whole time, you know. We oh, know. so it was just some shit like that. But they, she, she got her issue. So how frustrating uh, uh, was it for you guys to sort of be caught up in this this gossip that you know in in this day and age of social media, like one thing becomes another thing becomes another thing and the next thing the charlo brothers got suckered into something like how frustrating was that for you to sort of see the internet this this situation take life you know we knew we knew the real story behind it though so we knew all the fake ass uh blogs and everything coming out saying that oh the charlo twins got robbed yeah fucking right if that shit would have been on camera you know what i mean like it wouldn't have been no it wouldn't have been no question we would have we'd have been a lot more verbal at that you get what i'm saying so yeah, it ain't. It's just it's just how media blows shit up and make it seem like. Isn't it incredible these days? Like how social media could just. It's like uh, that game of telephone when you're in kindergarten. It starts at one thing that actually someone said, and then it turns into 19 different things by 19 different bloggers, all of whom were broke and just yeah. making up shit. They're making up shit. Uh, the girl knew she didn't come in there with the bag. It wasn't her fucking bag. She should have never left with the bag. Of course, New York is full of cameras, and she got her ass caught. So simple as that. It was it was no reason for her to take the bag and she no one told her to. But at the same time, you know how people blow shit out of proportion and make it sit, make shit seem like the the Charlotte twins was in a scandal or some shit like that. So of course, if nobody knows the true story but us. So we didn't even see the girl. We weren't even yeah, around. We were, we were, yeah, she, she wasn't, she wasn't even with us. It, you know it was just the type of shit that was going on was doing in that section what was she even doing around this is how, yeah it was whack she we never we even never seen her the whole night so you know. hey were you guys young guys you talk shit for the you're young but for the younger dudes coming behind you you know in this social media world that we live in and chicks sliding up into the dm and the accessibility and young fighters and all this stuff what would you be what would you give one piece of advice to young young players young stickmen young coxmen that are coming up behind you on how not to get caught up in the game don't get what, caught what would up be like this, the number one thing you got to do is just, you got to mirror always if it ain't beneficial it's artificial so don't be over here trying to send these little net pictures to these girls because they, they like that shit. They use that shit. You know what I'm saying? The, yeah, it's, it's, your, it's your trail. You know, these these guys, don't get caught up into leaving a trail. If, you, if you're smashing on this other dude, check, hey, don't get her a number like, hey, meet up. That's how it go down. You know what I'm saying? And so getting caught up in the hype on social media, like, you know, you see a lot of dumb shit, you know, sex tapes and all these other kind of shit. I ain't let yeah. nobody put no camera out. Take phones at the door. 
Take phones at the door. Do you like in, in all honesty, where we are in this world with social media, unfortunately, we're at a take phones at a door situation. We're like, yo, we 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 in order to be comfortable and to be to, to trust everybody, we gotta leave the phones at the fucking door, right? Yeah, that's all that's all yeah, you know, they come over here, they leave phones at the door and sign a little contract or waiver, you know. Uh, all right. Now, Jamal, um, assuming you, you kick ass this weekend. Who would you like to fight next? And Jamel, you're fighting in June. Assuming you kick ass in June, who would well, you like to I'm fight next? I'm kicking ass. I mean, ain't no, I ain't assuming shit. I'm kicking ass this weekend. That's what I can't do. Uh, and whoever I can get my ass in the ring with next, I'm gonna fight as soon as possible. Um, I wish, I wish uh, GG would have waited. I would have took care of this motherfucker and not got suspended. And then I would have been able to fight GG ass like in a week or two because I'm ready. You know. Man, whatever the biggest fights to, to to make money, you know, and um, you know, it is what it is. So you're ready to go. You don't want to be one of these fighters that that waits eighteen months, twenty four nah, months. I want to break you the curse. Get- I want to break the curse right now, like through boxing. Like I don't like how this shit been. Like like a lot of fighters dodging each other, doing this, and then like a fighter should be ready to fight at all times. And if he got a good a good team behind him, they're gonna know how to go to the chiropractor, go get ice, and go get ready for another competition. Because that's how mm. uh, Ray Robinson was able to have so many fights. People looking at their records and seeing like, oh, he had all these fights. Well, if you fight in top-level competition, it's going to be some brutal wars. Hopefully you don't get cut and things like that. But, I mean, I, I want to get to to where, like, we are, we we fighting often. Like, we always fight like, like football players play football games and basketball players play basketball games and even look at the baseball. Look how many games they have. Like, right. you know, we should stay a lot more active, get these networks to shoot the boxes a lot more, you know, become more of a household name if they see you more. Um, Jamel, who would you like to fight next, assuming you, you get past your, your fight on uh, June 9th? Um, well, this guy named Jared Hurd, who's, you know, from Maryland, he just won and defeated one a, a reigning defending champion, Arizona DeLara. So, after I knock Trout ass out, I'm gonna go and knock <laughs> her ass out, and then I'm gonna see why I sit at 154, and I'll just clean up. That's all the belts. That's the undisputed champion. Once I beat her, is undisputed championships. All right, listen. I wish you guys a lot of luck uh, uh, going forward, Jamal. I wish you a lot of luck in Brooklyn. I wish I could be there. I'm stuck in uh, L.A. working. I'm big fans of you guys. Kick ass. St- uh, watch yourself in the fucking clubs in New York. Stay away from the chicken heads. Yeah. Keep kicking ass. Stay in shape. And uh, you know, I'm big fans of you guys. And uh, see you, see you June ninth. I'll see you June 9th out here on the West Coast. Appreciate it, Mike. Good, good luck on Saturday, Jamal. I appreciate you, man. I see you. Um, I see you after I get done with this fight. I'll see you guys later. I want to thank Jamel and Jamal Charlo. Good luck this weekend. Now we have a dog in a fight. We're watching. Hope you kick some ass this weekend. Continue the success to boast the Charlo twins. G Moody, last name rhymes with duty. All Buttersoft t shirts can be found at districtlines.com forward slash I am Rappaport. We came, we saw, we conquered. Have no fear. The I am Rappaport stereo podcast came all the way the fuck up in here. Miles Jordan, take us out of here with something funky, something nice, uh, something real proper. Yo.